What's up, U.S. soccer fans? Welcome back to another Americans Abroad Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, and I am joined by, as usual, by my son, Cole, who is at least in a new state, I guess you would say, as far as his relationship. Hey, what's happened since we last broadcast, Cole? Why don't you share that with everybody? Yeah, um, which I think we mentioned on the podcast already. I think Probably met- before the break. Yeah, we mentioned but, you were going to get married, but you actually went through yeah, with it. Got married, um, which is why we've taken a bit of a break from the podcast for the past couple of weeks. Um, and so we are back and at it, though. So All right. marriage is not hold- holding us back. No, we will not. No, we will not let you do that. As long as your uh, your new wife allows you to keep doing it, then we'll be okay. Um. Yeah, it has been a little bit of break, and it's sort of been interesting time because it's. it seems like there's tons of other, I guess, you know, tournaments and competitions going on regu- rather than a lot of the regular uh, league matches as much. It's been sort of a really busy time of year. Uh, before we get in- that. It's not a bad time for a break in the podcast. It's no, it's just not. Cause I agree. It's been a ga- gap in a lot of the leagues going on right now, and so... Um, but obviously there has sense. There's been a lot of stuff yeah. going on. Hey, just in the world of soccer itself, what are sort of the what are some of the stories that have caught your eye before we get into the US men's story team? that have caught my eye or ear. I think that yeah, I think some of the interesting stuff has been uh, a couple things. I think that you know, you had some of the transfer window stuff going on and so i think just some of the moves going on not as many as i think a lot of people expect well i think slow i think interesting has been some of the guys coming back to mls which has been interesting and a couple of them might make sense in a sense of like zach stefan kind of going back he needed he needed a change of scenery a relaunch of career but and you know some surprising kind of eyebrow-raising ones in terms of I was a little surprised by, say, Sam Vines and Jordy Mihailovic going back to MLS. Definitely a little disappointed in the Mihailovic one. He just wasn't there very long, and so right seemed even like he might have started playing a little bit more recently and then kind of back to MLS all of a sudden. So that's been interesting, I think. And then you had some of the, you know, Miles stays in MLS, goes to Cincinnati, which obviously was disappointing for a lot of people. I think Brandon Vasquez going to Mexico was probably disappointing for some people. So it's just been an interesting, and then you have the whole geo transfer saga. Yeah. We'll which get is probably more the most that. interesting part. Yeah. We'll get more into that in just a minute. Uh, so a lot of that obviously connected to at least past USMN and T players, maybe some with miles that are a little more current and probably have a better option. We know of playing, uh, especially in Copa America this spring. Uh, rather this summer. Um, but worldwide, if you go, I think, been, you know, obviously got the tournaments. I don't know if you've seen any of those. Uh, probably seen more of African than I have, the Africa Cup, than I have the Asian thing. Uh, I've seen more of the Asian Cup. Oh, you thing. have? Yeah, well, I haven't that's... watched a ton, but I've seen more of that one. Yeah, I've watched the African one. And I know a lot of people, especially, you know, if you've got a team, less, we're Liverpool followers, and, you know, we got Salah. Salah out and Endo both out. Uh, years past, we've had even more than that be involved. And so I understand that a lot of people right. think they should change their times, but 
you know, to be honest, I mean, most of these guys, they live to play for their country. It is such a huge honor. And right. for us to be missing some of them while they play for their country, I think is sort of a small thing. Uh, and, you know, I know we complain and people say, well, they need to have their tournaments at a different time. But, you know, in some locales, it's just not possible to do that. It just doesn't make sense that they need to do it more in the winter months because of weather situations and other things. So, yeah, I've watched Bobby Moore of uh, Africa Cup of Nations, and it has been wild. It's just been crazy. I mean, the intensity has been fun to see. You've had uh, Cameroon's coach, got they barely made it by the skin of their teeth. Their coach got uh, – he didn't get fired, but they – they had some changes. Ivory Coast, who was the host nation, they actually did fire their coach in the middle of the thing. They made it as a third-place team, and they fired their coach right after that. So it's been pretty crazy. Uh, you had some key injuries. Probably the biggest is Salah, uh, and it's questionable whether he's going to make it back there if Egypt actually makes the semis or the finals. Uh, other things I think of note, uh, racism, unfortunately, has raised its ugly head again. I know we talked about this, that off the air, the Mike Magnon, the keeper for Milan, uh, was the victim of racial chants against him and uh, actually walked off the field. And I do think that either UEFA, FIFA, somebody's going to have to step in and make really stiffer penalties than what's going on right now because it doesn't seem to have any impact yeah i think it is not the first time we've seen chants from a stadium or no and that's in every league across emojis Europe. yeah emojis on social media or bananas being thrown things like that that clearly it's become a not just become it's been a problem and it continues to be a problem and i think that we talked off the air about how maybe we don't always see – we see more of a hidden racism than just the very outward, just obvious racism you see in some of the leagues in Europe than you do, might hear in America. You might not get such that – you know, I haven't been to a game where I've seen a stadium chanting yes, racist chants where you get other forms of racism, obviously, but Probably it really closest, is so... Yeah, the closest here would be the Mexicans, the you know, the yeah. Mexican fans chanting. But it it's so interesting the how outward it is and you get in some Italy and England and even France and other Spain. countries like that, that it's just so as well. Spain, uh Vinicius, I know had had huge problems. And so it's just I rightfully they walked off the pitch. They should walk up the pitch. I think that there does need to be like, there's not going to really be a change until you see it much stiffer penalties. And I don't know what exactly that looks like because, um, I think you have to look at point deductions or he said, yeah, you know, if you yeah. forfeit, if you make the offending team, at least the fans of the offending team, if they have to forfeit the match that costs. And, and maybe it's, you know, this I, I can't I don't know where this game was that Milan well, I can't remember if it was at home or away. Um but I think it was away. For example, the Venetius one I remember, there was an away match there at and it was almost a whole stadium groups of people chanting. And that really is one where it's like you you gotta you yeah. should they should forfeit that game, I think. And you're probably not gonna see change until there's harsher penalties. 
And obviously, those people should be banned from going to games again. Yeah, if, if they, they can find identify them, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. But, until the until the cost of the action becomes too painful, people will continue to act in the same way. Right. So, um, totally agree with you there. Any other issues or any other stories catch your eye just in the world of soccer in general? Don't think so. I'd love to talk about the Geo transfer saga. I think that's been one of the more interesting. Okay, well, let's jump into it. Let's talk things. about yeah. Let's talk about transfers. And you mentioned some of those earlier. Uh, let's talk about those that have transferred to MLS. Um, yeah, Zach Steffen. We know, and you've already mentioned that he probably needed a move. Um, Interesting that he he came back here. You know, I'm surprised there weren't any offers from somewhere in Europe and championship level or something else. Uh, Feels like he hadn't played in so long. That feels like could be part of it. Yep. And uh, we're also seeing that part of it is evidently, I I thought it was interesting. We were listening to this on somewhere else that, you know, MLS, and especially if you're talking the comparison, yeah, you're not, if it's not one of the top five leagues, and especially if it's not Premier League, if you're talking, you know, even Portugal or Eredivisie or championship level, the money right now can be so much better in MLS that it is becoming right. more attractive for players like that. Right. Um, we know that that's been the case in set from South America. That's where we've been able to get a lot of these young South American players, mm-hmm. uh, because the money's better than they're, they're able to make in their home countries. And it's also right. proven to be a place where they know they can get exposure and it can be a jumping off point into some of the bigger leagues in Europe. Um, right. So, you know, I think that's a positive thing for MLS. I'm not so sure it's positive when we think about in terms of the U.S. men's national team. You know, like right. you, you talked about Miles particularly. And, you know, I think the only offers that he had were maybe from some of the Eredivisie teams. And he's making three times that much as he would have made there in Cincinnati. How do you tell somebody, yeah. hey, you need to turn that down? It is a it does become quite a bit of a conundrum in terms of like, you want what's best for the national team. Um, and obviously some of these guys are thinking, well, I'm going to go get mine money wise, which is fair. And I think that, <clears throat> so as national team fans, it's um, you leave, you sit there and you're like, I understand, but it's a little disappointing because I want some of these guys to go challenge themselves. And so, and obviously there are plenty of players who are, but I think it does raise an interesting, you know, kind of question in terms of what players, when they have decisions to make like that, that it's not always an easy, straightforward choice. Yeah. And sometimes in the reality is, such as the case of Stefan, are you better off in a, quote, lower league and playing than you are in a higher league yeah. and sitting on the bench? Stefan, because the fact that Stefan, he just wasn't playing anywhere. He hadn't right. played in so long. That that one, I'm like, sure. You might not be in the national team picture again anyway. So it's like, I, I don't blame him for going back home to a place he'll get minutes, get money. Uh, that totally fair from him, right. I think. Um, um, what about, I let's talk about the guys. The Georgie Mihaljevic one was, uh, sorry, the Georgie Mihaljevic yeah, one was probably the most surprising. Yeah, he wasn't there, but what? But 
half a season? I think he got there late in the spring. So okay. kind of his, then he had the summer and, you know, he didn't play much the first while, but then he started playing more. And I don't know, just interesting that he didn't stick it out for a full season, you know? Did you hear kinda... anything from the team's end? No. Yeah, I hadn't either. So, yeah, that was so probably maybe... one of the more surprising ones. They might have been happy. Yeah. So that, I don't know. Yeah, that he went. Um, Hang on, something real. A little technical difficulties. Also. Go ahead. Can you hear? Yeah, I can hear. Also, I think one that's interesting that's been coming out today is the reports that <clears throat> FC Dallas had accepted a bid from yeah, Ferreira. I had that down uh, to talk about. From a club in Russia. And Ferreira had agreed to personal terms and wanted to move, and MLS as a league blocked the move. Yeah, Spartak Moscow. Which, which I think is a team. dangerous precedent for a league to be blocking transfers in general. Well, but understand, MLS is unique because it's that single entity. Actually, right. his contract is with MLS, not oh, with I know why. I know why they can do it, but I think yeah. it's wrong that they They're not the only like, league that has, though. They pretty much, leagues around the world are pretty much cut off because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. They pretty much put a quash on business dealings with Russia. I just, I just think it's very ridiculous when it comes to a player in a club agreeing and MLS coming in and saying no. Yeah, that's a big um, fee. I think it's. I think I hate that as. I just. I don't. I don't yeah, like I don't the league intervening in transfers. I don't think. I like it. I definitely don't like it for Ferreira. I want him to move to Europe. I think he's at a stage in his career where he needs to go if he's going to go. And I don't know. I just. I. Yeah, we're in a situation though. You go back to the Brittany Griner situation, and and the. Even the Department of State has encouraged even professional athletes do not go to Russia. Yeah, no, and I get that. I get that part of it. I just, I don't know. I think that I don't love the interference from the league in yeah. terms of it. Yeah, I understand that. But uh, I think was, I can understand why they did it. But then, big offer, to be honest. Yeah, big. Yeah, thirteen mil. I think was the offer. Big offer. So and, uh, that was, and, and I'm surprised he wanted it. He wanted the move, apparently. Yep. yep. So well, I guess you want you a chance. See, you want a chance desperate. to compete. He's clearly desperate to take a leap. Well, like, he's, to how how old is Ferreira now? Maybe like 24, something yeah, like so that. You can understand. And, you know, there are some, like, you, I think about Miles. Uh, He's definitely he's getting he's older than that. Miles. Yeah, he's like he's gonna be he's close to twenty seven. I want to say seven. Jesus is twenty three. But um, but with center backs, they typically. I mean, you look Tim Reams, perfect right. example. Center backs tend to mature much later. It's really unusual to find you know really really high quality young center right. backs. It's usually it takes some time to season and experience, and it's not unusual to have older center backs. But someone in Ferreira's position, you do have a much narrower window, I think, to make that move. I also will say, in terms of Miles, I do think if he doesn't go next season, he'll never go, Yeah, is what I would say. Well, it's a one-year contract. Yeah. Right. But I would imagine if he waits another year after that, most people aren't looking at a 29-year-old center back and thinking, let's go sign him. Yeah, I so agree. So I, 
I gotta think he, that will be his last chance. Yeah. To make a leap. <clears throat> what about it? Um, okay, let's the, talk about yeah, the Mexico the, transfers. You had Brandon, Brandon Vasquez, Vasquez to Monterey. He actually Cade scored. Cowell. Vasquez scored yeah. his second game. He scored, so that's good for him. And I think you hit a similar thing where the money was better for him there than maybe he was going to get if he went to a non top three league. Right. And I think that that was part of probably why he went there. I think the Cade Cowell one, I'm, I'm not sure he was ready for the jump. I could see him going to Europe and really struggling to play. And yeah. so I'm I okay with, with that. that. I, I don't think it's, it's more of a lateral move, but I don't think it's like a bad thing. He didn't go to Europe. I think maybe in another year or two or three would yeah, be he's more st- he's young. appropriate. He's, 20. he's just so unpolished, like yeah. so unpolished as a player. Um, he's got the raw talent, but he's really unpolished. And so I think that some more time could be good for him. Vasquez, I think I would have liked to have seen make the jump. I think just, you know, similar to a championship level or a lower Premier League There were some lower Premier League teams yeah. that I know were interested Brentford was one that was rumored. I thought that could have been a good fit, um, especially rumors of Ivan Tony leaving, and right. that's been long rumored and a good club. And but I think there were uh, options out there that level, and it seems he just kind of took more of the big deal in Mexico, which is not the end of the world. He could still go to Europe. He's he's probably in that same mid twenties. Yeah, how much range, of that do but, you think is? because of the weirdness of the MLS schedule compared to pretty much all the other leagues and that, you know, this is sort of not, this hadn't been a big January. You've had clubs, especially, I think, you know, the financial fair play has really made an impact, especially in England uh, and and the other countries. Yeah. Yeah. You're not seeing the big, you're not seeing transfers, hardly any at all. Maybe some really younger players, but, so far, you haven't seen anything over there. So that yeah. may be something that had an impact that maybe you're having more likely to be in the summer, and he didn't want to wait till summer. And I'm also not like... Was he out of contract with... I guess, was he a free agent that he was out of contract with Cincinnati? I guess. I'm Because I don't I'm think... A, sure. I can't think that there was a... I don't remember hearing anything about a transfer no. fee. I, um, I mean, and I'm not even like so confident that he would be like a huge hit in Europe yeah. that I'm like, he has to do it. So I, that one, I'm not like losing sleep over him staying. No, I wouldn't. Cause in. I mean, to be honest, his, his last year was not as good as the year before for him. Right. And also the striker pool is pretty deep right now. Yeah. And he's probably about the sixth or seventh choice at best True. right now. So. True. All right. Let's look too... at some other transfer rumors and uh, things some coming of the bigger up. ones. Uh, you know, Horvath seen him. He's, he desperately needs a move because he's not even playing anywhere right now. Looking uh, like he's going to go to the championship potentially. Yeah. I saw Cardiff was one of the clubs that I saw were Cardiff. I saw interested. Blackburn. Yeah. Maybe one other, but, but they even, that that's one, better than not playing. No, totally. That'll be great. And then I think, um, one that's been, happened and has been a good start is Johnny Cardoso who is now at Real Betis, Real Betis. and mm-hmm. came in quick got a start early 
Basically, against uh, Barcelona, a game they did not have the ball much, but one that, you know, he looked like he belonged, looked calm on the ball. And so that's uh, just a good sign for him to jump into a starting lineup somewhat quickly and get acclimated and look like he belongs. Yeah, he's been helped out with a few injuries there that have opened the door, so it'll be interesting to see if he can show enough that uh, he has a chance to really compete for those positions once they get over their injuries. Uh. Trying to think of any other. Uh, Joe Scally, uh, you know, those are rumors, but I think those are more summer rumors. Uh, yeah. There seem to be quite a few teams that are interested in him. Uh, but probably the biggie and as far as the U.S. men's national team and maybe the one who needs a, a transfer, a new situation best is Gio. So what's the latest on him? From what I've heard, you actually – Borussia Dortmund's actually agreed to terms with – two different teams and now it's up to him to choose he it seems like it's been so back and forth i mean originally there were about 10 clubs rumored in spain england uh france so all over and then it looked about two days ago like nottingham forest had become the clear favorite and that was what was being reported and then you have marseille back in the mix you have sevilla in the mix um, there well, were for, for Bicho of- Romano. I was listening to him yesterday, and he's probably the transfer guru for Europe. Definitely. Yeah, he was saying there was a third team, and, and whether he met Sevilla, he didn't name them. He said, I can't name them yet, but they should come into the picture today, sometime today or tomorrow. So it'll be interesting I to see who that is. I think it's either Sevilla or maybe Benfica. Okay. There might have been one other in there. Um, Aston Villa was thrown out there a few days ago. I don't know if that ever had any legs with it or if that was more just a interest from them. Right. But Nottingham and Marseille have been what the two I've seen the most traction on. Well, supposedly, um, according to ESPN, they have Dortmund's agreed to deal with both of them, both of them with yeah. a loan and an option to buy. And it's just a matter of Geo choosing where he wants to go. I'm really split on this in terms of I think Nottingham would be the worst landing spot. I agree. But they're the easiest to watch on TV. Yeah. <laughs> because of what I have. Yeah. Uh, or Spain. Spain would be fine because they're on ESPN Plus. So, so selfishly, yeah. Spain would Marseille, be better. France. I don't even know. Where do they show France? BN Sport. I guess, I guess BN be, Sport. Yeah. You do? But it's not, yeah, we have it. But it's not as they don't show the number of games. Show, that well, you you'd can have find to have a, all the BNs, like BN Sport Plus and two or yeah. whatever, to get all of them. So that is my one complaint with France, even though I think that would be the best place for him. So I don't know what to do. I don't know. I'm not sure. And definitely not Benfica because that's definitely not easy to watch. Well, since um, you're not getting to watch him now, since he isn't playing at all. And I think uh, whatever the best situation for him, and I agree, I think Marseille is. I think Nottingham's a bad situation. Not bad, harder. No, for a lot of reasons. There's a good chance I think Nottingham may go down. Uh, They're looking at a point deduction possibly at the end of the season. They'll find that out. Uh, Really crowded. It's probably one of their stronger positions is that midfield position. Now, they may use him different, but I think – you know, they may use him more like as a good. winger, but I think he wants to play, and I think he thinks his strongest position is in that number 10 position. 
Right. And Morgan Gibbs White's a pretty good player. Yeah. Um, who plays in that 10. And so, um, and then they've got some decent wingers. They've got uh, Hudson Adoy. They've got, um, who's the guy who used to be at Man U? Can't think of his name. Um, but so they've got some some players. So there's not, it's not just like he's going to step right in. Right. Which I think is why it's a bit more of a dicey potential move slash they're not a team that's going to have the ball as much as the other teams that are in the mix, which I think might suit his, Gio a little yeah, bit more. He, you know, he switched managers. He switched who represents him to George Mendez and Mendez does have a connection to Santos. So the, yeah, the, he's, he, they're both Portuguese. That's his agent. And so, yeah, you wonder that, if he's going to be, and, and I would hope that you're going to steer him somewhere that he's going to get to play. Otherwise it'd be in the well, same situation he is now. Yeah. It makes you think that, he Nunez or Nuno is very interested in Geo, obviously, yeah. if there's that connection. Um yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I imagine the next few days it will get sorted out. We'll have an answer. So okay. I would imagine in the next week or so, I think we'll get an answer. Yeah, uh, deadline I think is February first is when it closes. Right. And so that's just next week, so Stay tuned, and we will see what happens there. Anybody else that you've heard of transfer-wise? I can't think of anybody right now. There's been rumored to right. be going anywhere. Oh, I will say one thing I was reading that um, last week, interest from Real Sociedad had materialized, and but Dortmund didn't agree with the money. And okay. so they didn't. The clubs didn't agree on that one, which I think would have been a great landing spot, but whatever well we'll see all right let's move on from transfers and let's just talk about in general some of the good things that have been going on um uh first off uh let's talk he was voted usmnt player of the year uh christian Pulisic. he joins landon donovan as the only four-time winner uh he was player of the month in syria and he is you know i think you can make an argument though who's had Crazily, who's had the best season in Serie A? Who's been the most valuable player? And both of them could argue for their teams between he and Weston McKinney with Juventus. Juventus is now actually uh, in first, although Inter has a game in hand. That might be one of the surprises of the past month is Juve kind of catching up to Inter. I thought that Inter was going to run away with the league. I think that was our prediction when we did our predictions about three weeks ago and Juve since then has closed the gap to really tight. And so McKinney's had four assists in the past five games, been really, really good. Just all around performances. He has been just this reinvigorated player. He's been unbelievable. Yeah, the interesting season. thing is you're seeing Italian outlets that in their news that they're saying, you know, maybe the best player so far for the year for Juventus, which is oh, really high praise. Yeah, and then Pulisic's been great for AC Milan, as we've talked about, and just what a bargain they yeah. got for him. They're solidly and, in third. Yeah, and they, they're they more likely to push up towards the top two than fall out of third, I think. There's a big gap between third and fourth. Yeah. So I imagine they'll end up finishing in third, but they um, – you know, having a good season. What do you think about the deal since we're talking Milan? Musa has seemed uh, his playing time has gone down. 
Is that just as uh, other players have come back from injury, you think, or is it a matter of he's still, you know, he does some incredible things. If you saw that one run he made at the end of the game, the two games ago, uh, I mean, crazy, where he took the ball and dribbled through pretty much almost the whole team and then hit the post. Yeah, I did see that. But he I'm does stuff like that, but no, I I'm agree, but worried. still, I w- he was playing a lot more earlier on. Then he seems he had to some be injury getting problems, now. and Rum left his cheek is back and healthy, which is part of the issue. I think that also uh, they've been less games for Milan the past month, and so I think that's probably part of it. The schedule's been a little more thin because yeah, that's um, just kind of the winter break, and so I think once Europa League kicks up and they're in that, I think you'll get some more games and I, I'm not too worried about it. He's and he's so young and they seem to rate him. So I'm, I'm really not that unfazed me too much. All right. Anybody else in Italy? Uh, not really. Wea is, you know, he had that injury spell. Yeah. He's come back from that. He seems to be playing more. So that's yeah, a good he scored thing. over the break. A really nice goal, actually like a, just an absolute rip at one point uh, a few weeks ago. And so. Yeah. That's one of the games that Juve scored a lot of goals, actually. He, he's kind of been injury hit this season. So he hasn't gotten a good run of games yet, but I think he'll, he'll get it going before too long. Well, let's switch to, uh, air PSV, their perfection has been marred. They tied. You know, I saw. Yeah, they actually drew a game. Um, Disappointing. Yes, it is. They can't go. They cannot go perfect, undefeated, untied for this season. But they're still way ahead. Uh, I think they're ten points right. ahead right now. Yeah. Um, and the really good thing is, hey, the Americans on there are still getting a lot of playing time. Pepe may be the least, and that's Definitely. just because uh, who's their striker? Who's their normal striker? Deong. Yeah, Deong's just been unreal this year. I mean, yeah, he, he's he, having a he's having a nice season. Yeah, I'll say that. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, but hey, Desk continues to be an every game starter, important piece in them. I did see an article out with him that you know he you know they were asking about hey what's your future and you know he I think he still has eyes on you know bigger and better and. You know, I think especially depending on what happens at Barcelona, Chavi uh, doesn't make it, which may yeah, not happen. I saw him say he would not go back if Chavi was there. Yeah, but that if he didn't go, I mean, Barcelona still has his rights. So, right. Uh, it'd be interesting what happens with Dest. Um, Tillman has been pretty much an every game starter now for them. Uh, Tillman's been great. Yeah, that's been really really good good, and one of their better players. And so I think that's just really, really good for the U.S. men's national team. He's a great depth piece that we have there. Probably not a starter yet. Uh, It's a nice like for like for Gio. Yep. Uh, Especially with Gio's injury record, that's probably something you need is somebody that can just pretty much replace him pretty easily. Same style. Right. Not quite on Gio's level, I don't think, when Gio's at his best Not and yet. healthiest. Not yet. But, yeah, but he's got room. Um, you, do, you do have to remember that PSV is slaughtering everyone, so it's an ideal place to play for a player like Tillman. 
And that's always and, been the Eredivisie. It's been yeah. a very offensive oriented league, and so a lot of a lot of and Americans. And you're playing on have, the best team in the league. A lot so. of Americans have cut their teeth there. Um, yeah. All right, let's switch up. Let's go somewhere else. Where you want to go next? Well, I think it'll be interesting to talk a little bit about the injuries that we've had and, you know, kind of ones that people are coming back from. Um, and so you had Sergeant and DK and PFOC all come back over the past month from injuries, which has been nice to see. I think that they're kind of all easing back in. All the clubs seem to be kind of slowly getting the minutes. Sargent's probably jumped back in the fastest just in terms of playing time. I think that um, he scored a couple goals, a couple games he hadn't gotten as many touches, but, you know, still coming back from a long injury spell. DK had not played in so long that it was nice just to see him get on the field. And he actually scored, you know, in his first game back, I think. But he's kind of been coming off the bench a little bit. And so all those guys come back from injury. You've Uh got... Speaking uh, Tyler, of speaking of Tyler's Sergeant, an he, they get to play uh, Liverpool this Sunday. They do, they do. Yeah, so FA Cup. So you can uh, catch Tyler Sergeant Adams, on that one. Tyler Adams still come back from injury. I think the latest I saw was March. Wow. And so could I'm gonna guess it'll be longer than that. But that was yeah. What he I've may seen. he may lose the whole year. Yeah, he probably will. I I would not be surprised. Um, maybe not. Mar- I mean, there's still a good chunk of the season left. If you yeah, there is, and that's if he doesn't re-injure it, which, you know, you hate to think that. And there's, unfortunately, there's been players that, man, had incredible promise and injury just uh, pretty much ended their career because they couldn't get over it. My guess is they'll go extremely slow with him, and so I, hopefully, he'll be able to come back in full. But... So I think he's the one. And then Kolyosho, I think I've seen similar timeline. March or April is what had been rumored a while back. And so who knows? He may never play for the U.S. Yeah, but, he's still a long shot for the U.S., I think. But I, I don't know. I'm like, I. it just feels like it's either us or Italy. And Well, so far there's no indication know, that it's us. So but, we'll see. It's not like he was getting tons of call-ups for Italy, and so it might be that it's one step too far for him at this moment, and maybe we're able to sneak yep. in there. I think that's worked in the past with players like Balogun, who yeah, definitely this see quite injuries, as much of a future. Injuries will push it down the line, so whatever Definitely, he won't he make a decision for a while. Yeah. But, so the injury room, got some of those. I think that, for the yep. most part, otherwise, we're pretty healthy. Tim Ream was and out for a while. He's back. He, he's back, but he's kind of seems to have lost his starting spot a little bit. And he might kind of might fall to a little bit more of a depth piece, both for us and Fulham. And so just eventually, you know, time's going to gonna catch up. Yeah, Fulham's so. been in good form. They, you know, they lost to... They have. Lost to Liverpool the other day, but they've been in good form. Um, yeah. Who else was I thinking of? My brain just went brain dead. Uh, let's let's talk about real quick. Let's talk about the goalie situation. 
Because you look at the U.S. Mensa, it is traditionally that's always been a huge strength for the U.S. I no mean, longer. It's, it seemed that you've had like you would have a couple of guys who you know who were world class keepers who were playing in the Premier League, playing in really big leagues. And right now we are. It's almost you're not sure what you're going to get there. I mean, for a while it seemed Turner was set, and yet he's. And I know I saw one thing that. You know, you actually, maybe his errors have been overemphasized that when you compare him to other keepers, especially in the Premier League on, you know, how often their errors or their bad passes or whatever turn into goals for the team. And he's actually in the middle of the pack. I mean, the way you right. hear about it, it seems like he's the very worst. But then the other day when they played, um, who'd they play the other day? That Oh, uh, uh, Brentford. Brentford. And you know the whole the whole thing with Tony and the the free kick and you know not setting the wall right and not reset. I mean, you know that made him ultimately that's his responsibility. Yeah, and that did not saw, look good. I saw some videos of like a guy kind of jumped out of the way at the end of the wall, but like it was still pretty bad. Yeah, by Turner, and so I don't know. I. I we don't have any good goalies is essentially what. No, we don't. So, I mean, what, where do, we're you, at. what do you think is. They'll, they'll play Turner. They're going to play Turner. I think Turner right now. better. But, you know, is there anyone on the horizon that's got a chance to really push him? Stefan, you know, maybe no, getting back playing. I don't, I don't so. see that. It I seems like so. maybe his time has passed. I think Stefan's uh, done. Calendar. Horvath has, Horvath has literally not played. Yep. Since I can remember, uh, Drake calendar I mean, maybe. For like, me. is he gonna do anything though? That's gonna be like, well, this guy really the the guy we want to be our national team goalie. Probably not until he moves. Yeah, I mean, I don't and, really know. And is there any uh, only other goalie I can think of that's playing in in Europe right now? Gaga. Yeah, Gaga, but he's still so young. He needs to go. I think in the next year or two he'll go to a. Bigger club, but he's still a couple years away. I think. Yeah. So but, right I mean, now, I guess can't it's... get much worse. Can't get much worse than what we've been doing. So no. <laughs> I mean, might not matter. It, it is sort of sad because that's almost. I guess it's just sort of one of the things that you've always had somebody you just pencil them in, and you don't even think about it. If anything, it was like you know you had two really good keepers, and it was like okay. You have two great keepers. Who do you pick? And now it's like, okay, I guess we stay with Turner because he hadn't done anything to totally lose it yet. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, let's move. Oh, let's talk about, let's stay in England for a minute. And um, what about Richardson? You keep calling him Richardson. It's Richards. Richards, my bad. Well, it was Richards' son. Richards' son. Richards. He, uh, he's played a lot at defensive mid. <laughs> yeah, but he hadn't looked really good at it. The Arsenal game was a disaster. Yeah. He he was fine until the Arsenal game. He'd been fine the eight starts before that. He'd actually been pretty good as uh, going in there as defensive mid. For a guy who doesn't play defensive mid, yes. they were the first probably seven starts, Crystal Palace fans were raving about him and how good he'd been. So he had honestly been fine. And then he had a bad game against Arsenal. I'm not sure what kind of set piece defense uh Roy Hodgson has has running there 
Um, but uh, he did get dunked on kind of twice. Yeah. But yeah, it was not a good. But one. he's been he's been fine. He's been playing a lot, and he's been good until that Arsenal game. So I'm not. Do you see him as a viable choice for the U.S. at the six? Though, I mean. No. He needs to be getting playing time at center back. That's probably his position with the U.S. man, not at a six. Well, regardless of if he where he play, I mean, we just don't have center backs for the most part, so he's gonna be playing at center back. So, kind of for for now at least. Granted, I mean, yeah. So I guess I playing time back, anywhere. I would say after goalie, center backs where we look weakest right yep. now. I and agree. So he would still be my first starter especially Reem coming from injury hasn't played getting older not sure he's exactly the the future no I and don't then, as far as who's the most in form it would probably be Cameron Carter Vickers yeah trusty but he kind of just like they're terrible so it's like hard to know <laughs> if he's good or yeah if their team's just bad he's kind of there yeah. a lot like they give up a lot of goals that aren't necessarily his fault directly, but he is in the defense of the team. It's not so. making him look good. So, although the fact He's that he been, is starting, pretty he much plays starting, every game. Yeah, he plays. Plays so. some left back, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, right now I would probably say my starters would be Richards and CCV if I had to pick a pairing. True, I agree. I agree with you right there. So now it'd be interesting if Miles can get back to his form that he was before his injury, and that's always a big if. Uh, it'll be interesting to see that he could. I think he could compete. Right. But he'd have to – he'd either have to move or have an outstanding season to, I think, get back into the, the top two. Yeah, I agree. But it's not like the competition is – that seems the competition seems to be falling by the wayside. Some of them. Well, that's true. So that's true. It, it, it may be a matter of who's standing when you actually come in time to uh, play. So we'll see. Our midfield that. looks great, though. So, yeah, uh, midfield looks good. Our midfield looks great, and uh, our strikers and Pulisic all look good. So all, right, let's all we talk need about, is two center backs and a goalie. Let's talk about strikers. Uh, okay, it has been for the past months. It's been Balogun and Pepe. You still think they're one and two? As of now, I do. What does somebody else have to do to to push into that? I think Balogun's number one, unless someone goes and has a really good season in a top five league. Uh, I would, you know what I mean? Just because yeah. he's done it in a top five league, he's young. He's still, you can tell, talent wise is like high potential, and so. It until is someone an, does. He's still adjusting. Until someone does it. Yeah, in different a system like at Monaco than he was last year, and so right. yeah, their coach has been real favorable, saying really good things about him, about his yeah. work ethic and attitude, and you know, with a striker, as long as you're getting into good positions, eventually the goals will come. So he seems the clear number one until someone really goes up and takes it in a good league. Number two is a bit more of a could be a lot of guys. Pepe's done would, well when he's gotten a chance to get in. Yeah, and he's produced for the national team. So yeah. that's a big thing. Every time he plays for the U.S., he's seemed to produce. And so that holds some sway, I think, for him. That right now, I would still give him the nod. Sargent would probably be a close. 
Yeah, if you had to second. say who, if you look at the season as a whole, now granted, Sargent had a big layoff, but as a whole, he's had the most productive season of any of our strikers. Yeah, well, it's if you go contributions by minute, it might be Pepe just by yeah, like true. what that's he's true. done in limited minutes. So they're on a similar trajectory, I would say, in terms of that. So it'd be one of those two. I'd say Pepe's my number two. Sargent's a close third. Then maybe Haji would be my fourth. Okay. He's had a good season for Coventry, and he can play winger, which is we've been a little bit short at winger, I would say. Yeah. In terms of depth right now, and so yeah, if Way and he's Pulisic an interesting aren't there, option. He's question. an interesting option as like a guy who can play winger. Okay. So I like his versatility a little bit. And then, you know, P Fox also had a good season, but he's older, like he's late twenties. And I'm not sure he's gonna get the look when you've got a pretty crowded striker room right now. Yeah. Um, of guys who are all younger than him. So and okay, producing at the same gonna level. Say, Somebody that's not, you know, in the, you know, I think we could probably say who the top five or six, and you're putting like Vasquez there about number six. Is there anybody? I might adjust that. He might be eight. Anybody? Okay. Anybody just younger that you think, because striker is one of those positions that you may get someone that comes out of the blue that just gets hot and starts tearing up a league somewhere. I mean, is right. there anybody thinking between – obviously not. I don't think anybody other than – I think those three, to be honest, I think it's uh, Balligan, Pepe, and Sargent, if he continues to produce the way he seems to for uh, Copa America. Thinking up to 2026, do you think – is there anybody, any young striker that you see at all on the horizon – it's hard to know because they break out kind of fast often. And I think that Pepe and Sargent and Balgan are all pretty young yes, in terms of are. like, I definitely Pepe and I think Sargent's uh, the oldest, right? Yeah. And so Pepe and Balgan are definitely young. And so I don't see other than injury or really falling off either of them kind of falling out of the picture. Yeah, if for you, a while. yeah, I agree. I mean, if you say that the prime for a player is, say, age 25 to 30, those years, none of them have even reached it yet. Yeah, so I think I'd be surprised. I think there's other positions more likely to see guys step up. I think that would be one of the ones that I would be more surprised to see someone jump into. Okay. Uh, well, speaking of future, I guess, let's jump real quick. You know, January camp. I guess it's a good thing for, you know, MLS players to to do to get ready for the season maybe. I don't know how much we ever actually learned from it. I don't know that we learned a whole lot. I think maybe it was disappointing that Burhalter didn't play more players that you might see on the Olympic team this summer. Well, than all he the did. subs were better than the guys who started. Yeah. Uh so who stood out? And, you know, we don't get to see the camp. All you see is the one game they played. Who stood out to you from that? Really only like two or three guys stood out positively to me. Probably three guys, three or four guys maybe positively stood out. I would say I thought Luna was probably the best U.S. player for the first 60 minutes of the game. Um, Diego Luna. He tried, but he didn't have a lot of help. No, but he like 
clearly wanted to do stuff on the ball. Yep. was like clever. Some of his passing just like looked confident on the ball, was trying to make things happen. Like a progressive type of player in a way that most other people on the pitch were not. Yeah. Um, to be honest, he's so, somebody you would really love to see him surrounded by better players. Oh, to definitely. see what he would it look was sad. Like. It was sad watching him play with all the people he was. Yeah. I think that um I thought the the most interesting was Bajrak Terevich or whatever his name is. Yeah, from he New England. He was fantastic when he came in the game. Oh yeah, my he goodness. Didn't play he, much for New Eng- he didn't play much for New England last year at all. Well, there it, it, I mean, is Bruce Arena still the coach? No. Okay, well, whoever's the coach should be dragged out to the street and whipped for not <laughs> playing him. I mean, what an idiot, whoever their coach is. Um, he was fantastic and just, like, saucy on the ball, creative, just fun to watch. I think he's only 18, and so that was um, that was encouraging. I liked him a lot, and I thought that he uh, – he had a good little kind of few-minute cameo when he came in. Yeah, I think he probably played himself. And then I thought I thought Jack – oh, yeah. I think he played himself minutes. into the Olympic picture, yeah. Yeah, and then I thought Jack McGlynn I, – I just really like him as a player, though. So when he came on, I thought he was pretty solid. I just love him as a passer. I love a midfielder that can pass like that. And so right. I love any time I see Jack McGlynn play. And I think that – and he actually played a lot for Philadelphia last year. He was a pretty consistent player for them. And he's still young. And I think he'll definitely be on that Olympic team. And he's someone I like to – I think we'll see in Europe in the next few years. And so he's just an interesting player. He's not, he's not like a defensive-minded midfielder but I think he's useful enough, does enough as a defender, but really it's his ability on the ball that makes him special. Anybody else you would mention? That was the most ones that stuck out to me. Kamungo? Yeah, um, he got, he looked, he, he basically gave away the goal, which was unfortunate. And so, the one moment that but, really stands out was but a other than very that, negative moment. Yeah, he was fine otherwise, and I was, like him as a player. Yeah, he's one of the that few that unfortunate. tried to take on guys a couple of times, and yeah, you know he did really well. You go back into the um, back in the fall, uh, you know he played really well. I think he'll, he'll definitely be on the Olympic team. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't. Really, people like Aiden Morris. Every time I watch him for the national team, I think he's terrible. I yeah, just he, think I he's so slow. He everything he does is slow. I don't, and I know he's been good in MLS, but man, every time I've watched him for the US, I've been left just being like, I don't see how he's a good player at this level. But I, I, I don't, I'm not a scout. There. I'm not a professional. But that's every time I watch him, I leave thinking I was disappointed in him. All right. Well, what's coming up this weekend for people to keep an eye on? Who are the games to see and watch, you think? Uh, the weekend? Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if there's anything. Fr- Friday, we got a couple games. Um, you've got uh, FA Cup playing this weekend in England. Yeah, and so I think you've got your right and Cup. happened to you we got cut off 
was I recording that whole time? Yeah, you were recording. Okay. Well, they they got something. Then I think um, the weekend. Uh, I haven't made the schedule yet, but I can go ahead and get some of the games. Yeah, Mattis plays at three p.m. If you want to watch Johnny, that's uh, uh, when do they play on Friday? No, they play Saturday against Mallorca at three p.m. Okay. on ESPN Plus. And then you got some Germany games that morning, all on ESPN Plus. AC Milan, Bologna, two forty-five, and Juventus Empoli at noon. Got Monaco plays on Saturday. Bunch of FA Cup games. You got like Fulham, Sheffield United. Yep, all in there. So some good, uh, some good stuff to watch this weekend. Um, no, like I don't see any big. Huge monster games. I don't think. No, I don't think so either. Let's see. No, it's mainly. At, yeah. Up games. Not as many big, big games. No, I think the most interesting, and, and, and I'm partial, I guess, I would love to see what Josh Sargent can do against uh, Liverpool. Yeah. That'll be interesting to you see. Know, obviously, step up going from, you know, back up into the Premier League, playing obviously what right now looks to be the best team in the Premier League. Right. Uh, Liverpool. So that should be interesting to see if he's able to do anything at all there. Yeah. I will be interested to see that. I. It'll be great if he scores. I'd be surprised if Norwich wins that game. <laughs> Yeah, I would be shocked. And it's sort of one of those situations, but, you know, we're both big Liverpool fans, so I would love to see Liverpool win, but I would not mind seeing Sargent do really, really well against them. So Right. Oh, also, I just want to say that um, our predictions uh, about uh, so are you the gonna championship. Pat, you're going to pat yourself on the back here? I am. Um, I just want to say that my top six I predicted – was Leicester, Leeds, Ipswich, Southampton, Coventry, and West Brom. And that is currently the top six. And Coventry was 18th, I think, when we made that prediction. So what so, made you pick them to move up? Uh, I just knew they were a lot better than they'd been playing. They had signed a lot of new players. And the season before, they did the same so, made sense. Okay. And the top four are clearly better than everyone else. Did you put any money on that? No, I should have. You should have. Hey, come on. You got to back yourself. Uh, All right. Anything else before we sign off today? I think that's it for me. Well, hopefully, uh, Hopefully you'll have a chance to see some soccer this weekend. Obviously, tons of games on. Not as many league games. Uh, you've also got the uh, knockout rounds for Africa Cup of Nations starting Saturday. So just from a soccer standpoint, that ought to be fun to watch. So uh, until then, uh, we will say uh, see you later and go USA. See ya.